most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Week 9 Fantasy Flex Waivers podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? How was your Week 8? Up, uh, it was it was pretty good. Um, a mixed bag when it comes to betting. I I think I broke even, but man, on prize picks, I absolutely crushed. I went five and zero on our Friday pod. Got a nice little power play on that. I've been doing a lot more second half player props on prize picks and just crushing it. So, um, hopefully tonight for my football, I can tweet out a second half play. But um, <laughs> and DFS was a mixed bag. I, I had a lot of guys hit, but. I got screwed by Jalen Hurts and Jameis Winston. I was too overweight on those guys. Uh, but overall, a good week. How about you? Yeah, I had a really good week. Um, nice. Good rebound week after. Uh, yeah. I think I went like 0-3 on, I mean, 0 for on spreads and total. So this week I went uh, undefeated on spreads. I lost my total, but uh, had a bunch of the top uh, DFS plays uh, on the slate pretty much at every position. Hurts not going off didn't kill me because my overall like cash lineup was pretty straight. Nice. But uh yeah, it was a pretty good week, uh, but uh, some crazy, some crazy news uh, as we record this. So let's uh, we'll get into the waivers and, and the news uh, in a second. But of course, we always start with the uh, Monday night showdown slate for DFS. We have the Giants at the Chiefs. As we record this, it looks like Kadarius Tony has to go through one more hurdle, but looks like he's going to play. And then Sterling Shepard looks like he's going to play as well so daniel jones should have some weapons at his disposal uh, against this chiefs defense that has really struggled sean who are you thinking for the captain spot in in this matchup yeah there's there's a lot of good options in this game but um i'm going to be pretty chalky here and say tyreek hill i just think with the chiefs you know three and four coming off an embarrassing loss um, they're not going to mess around here. Uh, and I could see Tyreek or Kelsey having a huge game. Um, and I'm going with Tyreek. I, I just think he has the higher ceiling. Um, and yeah, he'll be my captain here, which means I'll have to be pretty sneaky with the rest of the lineup. But I'm going with Tyreek as my captain. I like Daniel Jones. Uh, I think Jones, with his weapons back, uh, is going to kind of be forced to have a good game. Kind of like for the reasons you say, you know, the Chiefs should rebound here. A lot of their issues on offense have been correctable. I mean, they're turning the ball over 24% of the time. Uh, I think Mahomes is going to be a little more willing to dink and dunk in this game. So I I think the receptions, if you're playing in full PPR for a lot of the receivers will go up. Uh, But that, that we know that's correlated. Like if, if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are are playing better on offense and not turning the ball over at a historic pace, that's only going to make Daniel Jones and the Giants offense have to keep up on the other side. So I like Jones with his weapons back because especially in the captain spot, because you don't necessarily need to stack him um, as much as some other quarterbacks. Cause he can always get the, that rushing production uh, as well. So uh, I like Jones uh, for the Giants. Uh, what about cheat codes? Who do you like a uh, little cheaper uh, to fill out the lineup? Um, so a few, I like, I mean, obviously Kadarius Tony 
Uh, he just has so much upside. I think this injury might limit his roster ship percentage. I mean, <laughs> I expect him to be pretty chalky, but still, like the fact that he's injured should, uh, you know, lower his roster ship. Uh, we've seen him put up monster numbers in limited playing time, so I'm not going to hold back here. I, I guess they had to des- they designed some wildcat plays for him, uh, but he got hurt, so we might see a Kadarius Tony pass passing touchdown like a Shepard or Slayton, so that that could be fun for <laughs> a showdown slate. Um, and as always, Nico Hardman is always a cheat code. Um, you know, he's a good leverage play against Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey. Um, like you said, a player like him, um, you know, he's had a bit of a lower A dot this year. So I could see him getting, you know, five to six catches here easily. I um, mean, he's always a threat to score from anywhere on the field. So I love Hardman. Um, and then Darrell Williams, uh, you know, he's another leverage play against the Chiefs passing game tonight, which should be popular, obviously. Uh, but this could be a potential positive game script. Uh, and we saw him go off um, in week six, you know, when they won 31 to 13. Um, so that was a positive game script. And last week he struggled uh, when they got blown out by the Titans. So if, if you expect the Chiefs to win by 10 plus tonight, Daryl Williams uh, certainly makes sense. And again, he's the leverage play against uh, some of these pass catchers. Yeah, I really like Hardman. I'll actually talk about him in our prize picks lead entry segment. Uh, but he is a, a player. You mentioned his ADOT. It's around seven and a half yards beyond the line of scrimmage this year. And all week, the talk has been Patrick Mahomes. I have to be better. I have to be willing to check it down more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hardman is going to benefit from that, you know, as well as, you know, Hill and Kelsey. Um, and, and maybe Hill even loses some of his big play upside like that. He could still catch 10 balls. But um, you're going to see, I think, just a lot of completions. Uh, for Mahomes because he's still very and a very accurate passer. Um, so I like Hardman a lot. Uh, Elijah Penny is somebody just in that like you know pretty much min price range to to pay attention to. This is a pretty big spread game. Um, even though I think it's probably too high, uh, you know it could get out of hand one way or the other. I mean the Chiefs have had, laid some <laughs> eggs. The Giants have laid some eggs. So uh, Penny has two uh, twelve carries, two targets, and a touchdown over his past two games. Uh, and his kind of he used to be a more of a fullback, but they have another mm-hmm. fullback on the roster, Joapspia. So Penny's that backup tailback now. Um, so that's always somebody to keep in mind. You know, if Booker, you know, running backs get hurt more than any other position. So if Booker were to go down and you have Penny, um, that could be a major win against this Chiefs uh, run defense. And one more I, I'll, I'll mention is the Giants defense special teams because I mean the Giants held the Panthers to three points last week. The Chiefs scored three points last week. You know, like we all think the Chiefs are going to bounce back and they have this, you know, they're favored by double digits. But I mean, you can't overlook the fact that the Chiefs have just been a high variance offense. They've turned the ball over so much that usually regresses. But, you know, will it regress all the way to the mean or will they still be one of the more turnover prone offenses? It's hard to say at this point. Uh, So I think the Giants defense is going to be very overlooked. Uh, in this spot, even though if you just kind of step back, it, it makes perfect sense. Yep. I, I mean, I can't say I love the Elijah Penny play. I mean, how could you? Uh, <laughs> but he's certainly the favorite for the vulture touchdown of the slate, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and, absolutely. It, and it's it's pretty crazy how, yeah, they're using him as the number two back. They haven't even given Gary rookie Gary Brightwell a touch in the past four games now. Um, so yeah, Elijah Penny is the number two back and he is the favorite for the vulture touchdown of the night. So, uh, in that aspect, I do like the Penny call. It's, it's been a vulturous couple of weeks too. I mean, we had yeah. the Johnny, the Johnny Stanton touchdown, I think a couple of Thursdays ago, we had Jimmy Garoppolo getting Trey Lance oh. goal line usage. Uh, and yeah. if you saw that saints game, uh, Alex Arma 
Got in the your end boy, zone. your boy, my boy, and I had the Saints as my money line dog pick of the week on the Action Network uh, NFL and, podcast. So yeah, I mean th- those guys you can't you can't waste money on in a main slate or something. No. But certainly for these showdown slates, this is when you should be taking guys like that. So that's why uh, Elijah Penny is a good call tonight. Yeah, and if it's not Elijah Penny. Don't forget, Michael Burton may be back for the Chiefs. Oh, God. <laughs> so, hey, you never know, man. Like, you, you got to mention these guys for people playing yeah. on these slates because all it takes is hitting that one min-price guy because, like, the other five are going to be pretty self-explanatory, especially yeah. if you're making multiple lineups. It's like, okay, some combination of, like, Hill and Kelsey and Tony and Shepard and Jones or Mahomes. You know what I mean? It's like, that's very straightforward. It's just like, which one of these other guys – yeah, Michael Michael Burton has a chance. Was it Anthony Sherman? Who did yes. uh, Andy Reid call sausage with fingers? Was it Sherman? <laughs> I think yeah. it was. A long time. Long time yeah, so the, the Chiefs fullback is always uh, a threat for, uh, you know, at least one vulture touchdown a season. Absolutely. All right, so that is, uh, that's going to do it for our deep dive into fullbacks for the Monday Night Football <laughs> DFS late. Uh, let's get on to waivers because it's a big week, and uh, we both we did not plan this, but we both have our uh, – our Titans. Well, I have an Oilers hat on. You have the Titans hat on. But uh, it's an honor of our boy, Derek Henry, who yeah. up until this point just never goes down. So he's out for six to ten weeks with a foot injury. I mean, who knows? It could be the season, especially if the Titans, you know, run into some trouble and, and don't end up uh, making the postseason. That's hard to believe now after they beat the Colts, but you never know. Uh, so, Sean, we'll start with the running back. And the news is, the big news is that Adrian Peterson, has signed with the Titans and is expected to be called up here. I think this is like, you have to just buy AP, right? Like this is, this could be a 15 to 20 every week carry role for AP right off the bat. And that's probably why he was holding out uh, until something like this happened. Because as we saw last year, like Adrian Peterson can still play. Like he might not give you a, a crazy efficiency, but he's still going to average, you know, like four yards a carrier in the high threes and catch, carry the ball like 15, 20 times a game. Uh, so what do you think of AP here? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to get too excited over AP. I think a more exciting thing would have been, you know, the Titans trading to get Melvin Gordon or even like a Marlon Mack type. Um, but you know, they added Adrian Peterson and whether you like him or not, like you said, he should get 15 to 20 touches a game. Granted, they don't add somebody in the next couple hours after we're done recording. Um, but that's enough to get our RB two type value. Um, certainly I think Jeremy McNichols will still be the pass catching back. Um, so he's, he's an added in PPR leagues, of course. Um, uh, but yeah, I I've already been able to, um, add AP for free in like Scott fishbowl, I was able to drop uh, Le'Veon Bell, who's on a bye this week, and I can't imagine ever playing him. Uh, so I was able to drop him and add AP for free. Um, but yeah, tomorrow night, um, if, the, if the Titans haven't really traded or added anybody else, uh, this is the time to use your number one waiver ad and you know every remaining uh, fab dollar you have because we're so late in the season, we're not going to really have anything like this pop up. Um, where there's so many touches that are being handed over to AP. I don't know how he doesn't hit. Um, you know, I don't think he might not be a league winner, but certainly, you know, high floor RB2 uh, play this late in the season, uh, definitely worth a uh, number one waiver ad this week. Yeah, like I, I don't know about every last dollar, but I'd be willing to spend at least fifty, well, you know, like fifty percent, like uh, well, just because like we don't much, know how much do you have left in the season. I, I hardly ever use like, Fab. Yeah, I, I yeah. never use my Fab, so well, I usually like have all if, of it. <laughs> if, if if you're only using half of it, what would you be wait like 
what situation would you be waiting for at this point? I don't know. Like something like, again, <laughs> something like this, but it's just, I mean, we're still in week eight. It's a one, we have one, we have an extra game. Like, I, you know, I, I just want some flexibility closer to the postseason. I feel like, because, yeah. you know, there's still like, that's when you can kind of look at the last few games and kind of say, okay, I might want this defense here. And, you know, they're just different things. You kind of want to want to do at your roster later in the year to sometimes like I'm not doing earlier. So I might need that flexibility. So I, I mean, yeah. I almost never spend it. Because I mean, even up to now, who are the guys really worth spending on that were also expensive, like that have really hit? I mean, Chuba Hubbard, I guess you could say. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell turned up. Mitchell, but even he good. wasn't like a. People weren't spending like every dollar on him either. You know, it's like there's yeah. never there hasn't been that guy yeah. yet. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. If I, I just feel everybody is, is smart enough now to stash these high upside backup running yeah, backs. Exactly. So that's really tough. So I'm in some leagues where I've like. $92 out of my $100 budget yes, left over because yes. I've been bidding on like a defense or a good kicker that week for a dollar or two at a time. Like the time has come like if you, if you met, I'm not going to miss the playoffs in those leagues, but um, if I end the season with more than $50 left in the tank, what was the point? So, uh, you know, I, I might not, I may or may not put in a hefty bid in our league. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm trying to gauge how much you'd be willing to bid, but I could I could see bidding over sixty dollars on the guy unless unless you think there's some other situation that's going to come up later on, which I, I don't know if we can. I mean, I'm just maybe I'm just a more conservative bidder, uh, but that's also because I do kind of what you say, where I stash running backs. So I'm never in like yeah. dire need of a running back. Like <laughs> you know, I have like a I have like five six running backs on my bench in almost every league that I can use in a pinch. So. Um, but I, I do understand it. The only thing that worries me about spending like every dollar on him is, you know, we don't know what he's been doing this off season. We, we did see him. He had a 15 or more carry game in every month of last season. So it's not like we saw he can kind of stay healthy and he's conditioned, but we, you know, running backs still do get hurt. He is 36. Yeah. Um, so there is some risk where you might get him for like a week. <laughs> and then he oh yeah. He, he is, he is far from a slam dunk. Yeah. Don't, get, don't get it twisted, but um, plus, you know, we have the trade deadline tomorrow. We could see some, uh, you know, major news. Some some other thing can come up where I'm saying, okay, never mind. Spend spend your fab on this guy. Uh, so a, a lot can happen over the next 24 hours for sure. That's also a good point. It's like the trade deadline has not come and gone yet, and so that I mean could also make some other situations. Yeah, you want to have at least some 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 money left over to bid on some other guys. But uh, McNichols, you know, we, we should talk about him because you alerted me to the fact that uh, some people think McNichols might be a factor in this backfield. I think he'll be a passing down factor as always, but that's, there's a separate role for, for the passing down back. It's like Darren to Nevins, Jeremy McNichols, that's one role. And then Henry it was the whole other role. They might use AP and like a third guy, maybe, you know, if they don't sign anyone, maybe they bring back Makai Sargent who started the year on the roster um, you know, we've seen them use Blossom game in the, in the, as a halfback too, at times, I think he's hurt at, at the moment, but, uh, McNichols has played 91% of his snaps this year have been in the passing game. His career high carries is nine. And, he, and those went for 11 yards. He's on, he's carried the ball more than five times, three times in his career. He's never averaged more than 3.1 yards a carry in those games. This is a, and he's a back that his yard per carry drops a full yard from shotgun to under center. So this is not the kind of back that they are going to use in any capacity like Derrick Henry. Like maybe he gets a couple more snaps here and there, uh, you know, that he wouldn't have gotten before a couple more carries, 
But this, he probably won't even be anywhere close to double digits in carries, uh, to even with even if they don't sign anyone else. So uh, that that's kind of my thoughts on McNichols. Yeah, um, like what do you, th- what do you think? Who, yeah, I, I agree with that. Who would you compare him to? Like Naheem Hines, probably. Like Chris Evans. Like, oh, Chris Evans. I wouldn't go that far. No, like he's at, no, McNichols is actually playing. He's going to get you three to four catches a game if it's a trailing game script. Uh, maybe five to eight carries, but I, I just consider him like a Naheem Hines game script dependent guy where if AP were to go down, they would just add another running back, right? Like they're never going to hand the keys to this offense over to McNichols. You know who McNichols is? Kenny Gainwell. Oh God! <laughs> it's like soon. it's like the <laughs> It's like it's like now. There's gonna be two other backs, uh, and one of the one of them is gonna be Jordan Howard, and like it's you know like AP is Jordan Howard, like it's it's that kind of. I I just you know Nichols has never done anything to to where you would think that like okay this guy is gonna like it's it's different from like remember a couple weeks ago we talked about Dearness Johnson. I was like hey like put this guy in your captain spot in DFS like this guy. You know, he may he may play a major role. I just don't think McNichols' role is going to change here very his, much. Well, his upside is uh, 2019, I think it was, uh, Damian Williams. Yeah, yeah. Right? right. Yeah, so, the Titans do have a pretty pretty good offense. So, yeah. And they, they might – I don't think they're going to run quite as much. Uh, so, they may lean on a pass catching back more. But either way, we're saying his ceiling's pretty limited because we're, we just can't project them for over, say, eight carries a game. Um, so just be careful. I, I think he's certainly worth an add in full PPR formats, but you got to lower your expectations a bit. He's not like all of a sudden inheriting the Derrick Henry role. That's sort of what AP is being brought in to do. Yeah. Like I wouldn't bet like McNichols is played between like two and 40% of the snaps. His median's about 24% snaps. So like I wouldn't bet more than like a third of whatever you're going to bet on Peterson. I wouldn't yeah. bet more than a third of that. On McNichols. And and that's even in PPR. You know, it's just, it's a simple fact of it's going to be, you're never going to know when to play McNichols because he's yeah. probably still, it's like Naeem Hines. Naeem Hines is pretty useless this year. You know, even a guy like J.D. McKissick, who has big games, he, I think he caught eight passes yeah. uh, yesterday uh, in the you know week eight, but you don't, you never know when to start him. So what's the point, right? So yeah, yeah. that's, that's kind of how I feel about, uh, about McNichols. Uh, let's talk about some other running backs. Then we'll go to quarterback, talk about some streamers. Uh, and, uh, and of course, poor went out for Jameis, but, uh, James Robinson looks like he avoided serious injury with a foot issue. Um, so, uh, you know, maybe he's out this week. We don't know at this point, any, any interest in speculatively adding Carlos Hyde or just avoid this situation. I mean, I would avoid it because it, it seems like Robinson may return this week. Um, but you know, if you're in a deep, deep league and you're desperate, certainly you can't go wrong with adding Carlos Hyde. And I was surprised to see how involved he was in the passing game. I think his routes run was over 60%, which is unusual for Hyde. Um, he had six catches for 40 yards. So he would be the workhorse back. Um, so, you know, if Robinson were to miss time this week, sure, he'll be a low end RB2. Um, if that, uh, so I'll probably pass because it sounds like Robinson should be able to play through this. And it sounds like he's shaping up to be more probable than doubtful this week. I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind adding Hyde, especially if you can get him cheap because there's all this. Like, if people are probably going to bid yeah. more McNichols <laughs> anyway, so it's like because remember we we we're due, we record this on Mondays, and yeah. last week it was like, oh, Miles Sanders will be fine, and then next thing you know, he's on like <laughs> IR. So like these overly yeah. optimistic early that weeks. Is- 
injuries, like I never trust them. Like I always like when you injure your foot and you're a running back, I'm like, all right, like you probably like any lower body injury. I'm like, you're probably going to be out at least a week unless it's like just a hamstring strain. Then maybe you could kind of gut, gut it out. But Or you're Antonio Gibson and you just play through like <laughs> things. Yeah, that that is a good point, because uh, th- this week seems like a really good waiver wire week like last week you asked me about smudge p ryan i was like confused like, why why are we adding this guy but you know this week carlos hyde could be you know for free you can get him for free um and is there any reason to rush james robinson back this week for the jaguars no so yeah he could end up sitting this week so again if you're desperate and you need uh you know a running back for cheap this week you could do worse than carlos hyde people are desperate because my boy ken asked me uh he was asking me if he should drop like Odell Beckham, Henry Ruggs, or or Damian Williams, you know, because he needed ah. a roster spot. And I'm like, Damian Williams, easily. Like, yeah, he's, easily. he's not involved. And he's like, yo, I, I don't, I can't drop Damian Williams. Like, I'm that thin at running back that I just need oh. to have, I need to hold on to that hope, you know, of Damian oh, Williams. Man. And then, and of course, then Damian Williams has like negative fantasy points and gets injured <laughs> in the process. Yeah, so, I mean, Maybe listen to me next time, but no, like this, that people are desperate. This is the point. Yeah. Like people are desperate. So it's like, if you can, even if there's like only a 10% chance or what's questionable, technically, it's supposed to be a questionable. They play like about two thirds of the time. So if there's like a, a 33% chance that Carlos Hyde may be the feature back yeah. for the Jaguars, I think, I think you add him, especially if you can get him for a few bucks. Uh, why, why wasn't uh, your boy adding Michael Carter the past couple of weeks? I don't know. I'm pretty sure Carter just got drafted and never dropped. Oh, like, you know, oh, okay. I, I saw that he was the running back one this week. So, um, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I'm glad because I did write him up in, in a couple of our action, like round tables for, you know, preseason sleeper. It looked yep. bad after like a week or two, but uh, he's coming on strong. Uh, okay. Speaking of rookies and sleepers and I mean, Kenneth Gainwell was a huge disappointment. So I guess the question is, because now people, not everyone's rostered Boston Scott yet either he seems to be the lead back he had 12 so it's uh, the carries were very even 12 for scott 13 for gainwell 12 for jordan howard because you're playing the Lions, so of course you can run the ball 40 times but scott played 45 percent of the snaps he he was the guy that was in the game early when it, you know it was still in doubt uh he was the guy you know getting most of the carries he was the only one of the three to get a target uh he, he and howard both scored two touchdowns but i mean is do they just look at Gainwell as essentially, I guess, more of, I don't even want to say Naeem Hines because Naeem Hines, I feel like was, he was a little more involved as like an all purpose guy, but I don't, it's, it was just, it's just a weird thing with Gainwell where it went from like being heavily involved in the passing game to, to still not being the starter when, uh, when Sanders goes down, but he also doesn't get a target and gets 13 carries and only goes for 27 yards. I mean, what do we make of Gainwell and do we just add Scott? Oh God, what a disaster. I mean, it, last week, uh, we have to be careful by looking into this game too much. Um, let's be clear here. The best runner on this team is still Jalen Hurts. Um, and I think last week it was just the, you know, the blowout really led to all these backs getting usage. I think Gainwell will be the back to roster um, going forward w- when they're in more negative game scripts, which I expect the Eagles to be. Um, so I wouldn't give up on Gainwell quite yet. And like I told you and Freeman last year, heading into the season, I wanted to get a tattoo like that movie memento to constantly remind myself, never trust Eagles running backs ever. Just don't trust them. And we're, we're in that situation again, where, you know, I, I, I'm not going to fall in the trap 
in trusting Boston Scott or Jordan Howard, certainly. I'm sticking with Kane, Kenneth Gainwell. I think going forward, the Eagles are going to be in evaluation mode for the future. And Gainwell, uh, they still view him highly. Um, he's more of a pass catching back. So I think going forward, uh, Gainwell is still the, the running back zone. So I'm looking at the play-by-play now. Uh, Boston Scott got the first six carries. Mm-hmm. Jordan Howard got the next three. Boston Scott got the next five. Kenneth Gainwell did not get a carry until 12-11 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that sounds about right. I was watching that game. I was watching that game pretty closely. It was not good. It is not good. That's not good at all. It's not good at all. It was that bad. I didn't realize. Oh man, it's hard to trust any of these backs. And I will say, Boston Scott was my one of my favorite backup running back stashes last year. So it'd be really rich if I turn on him now and then he just tears it up the rest of the way. I would just say, let's wait and see when they see a normal game script for them, which is going to be a trailing one. I think that's when Gainwell um, will step up. But yeah, no, <laughs> there is nothing good to take away uh, from that game uh, for Kenny Gainwell. So that's why I think it's it's a buy low opportunity on him. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so, all right, what, big, better question. Gainwell's probably already rostered because he was getting some hype. But Scott, mm-hmm. Scott also led the, like, he was kind of the, that same backup when Sanders went down in that game, is he, because I think a lot of people are going to be, again, stuck on McNichols. Would you add Scott over McNichols? Oh, yeah, I would definitely add Scott yeah. over McNichols right. because okay. he could actually be an RB2 the next couple of games. Uh, and how long do we expect Miles Sanders to be out? Is He's it- on IR, so at least uh, three games. Yeah, so I mean, two more games, but I, yeah. I just don't know if it's expected to be longer. Like we said last week, we thought he might play. So I mean, I, I'm guessing he, he'll be out for, say, two more games. Um, so if, if you really need help for the next two weeks, definitely add Scott. Um, whereas McNichols might have rest of season value, whatever that may be. But yeah, certainly I'm on board for Scott as a short term ad. Uh, wait and see, but he he might require a pretty big bid because you know he he did look good. He scored two touchdowns, so I just think he might be a little bit too pricey. When next week it could be a hot hand approach, and yeah. you know it goes to Gamble or Howard. It's just it's really tough to take away too much from this game. Is all I'm trying to say. Uh, what about Mark Ingram? Would you add? He's 37 percent rostered. He had eight touches, 52 yards, but uh, they're gonna have to rely on him with you know. Winston going down uh, and remember it Camaro wasn't always a guy that would get like 89, like 20 carries a game, I should say, um, you know, 80, 90% of the backfield carries. That was more of, you know, Tony Jones went down Latavius was uh, released cause he didn't want to take a pay cut. So Mark Ingram now is back in that Latavius Murray role. He has to be rostered yep. everywhere. I think he's my number two priority beyond behind uh, AP. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. And you know, I, my boy has always been Latavius Murray the past few years uh, backing up on Camara. Uh, because he took over the Mark Ingram role. Uh, so now that Ingram has that back, um, yeah, with, with Jameis out, it's going to be inter- interesting to see how they uh, handle this. Like, is Taysom Hill going to be the permanent quarterback? Will they be run heavy? Um, either way, Ingram is a Alvin Kamara injury away from RB2 values. So certainly uh, Ingram would be my number two add as well. All right, uh, let's go quick through quarterbacks. Uh, I'll just give you some names of potential streamers. Uh, you know, obviously we have the Jameis injury. So, you know, if Taysom Hill is going to start, but he might not, it might be Simeon. Um, are you interested in any of those guys? We have Mike White, 
Uh, going against the Colts on Thursday night, coming off a 405-yard game. Tua Tungavailoa uh, gets Houston this week there, bottom five against quarterbacks. Uh, we could have Tyrod against Miami uh, if he's healthy. And then Justin Fields was a top three quarterback this week. Uh, you know, he's only rostered 22% of leagues, but he's facing Pittsburgh. Uh, so those are kind of the, the guys for this week. Anyone stand out? Uh, so, at quarterback to stream. Yeah, I'll, I'll just quickly go through these guys. I think Taysom Hill is the no-brainer ad, in my opinion. Um, again, maybe we'll we'll find out more this week how they intend to use Simeon and Hill. But if they intend to use Taysom the way they did uh, last season when Drew Brees is out for that three to four game scratch, you know he's going to be a low end QB one just based on his rushing upside alone. So he is the no brainer ad for me. Um, and great matchup this week against Falcons. Um, and then next up it's Tua. I, I was saying maybe. Uh, you know, I, I, I used him as a streamer play a couple weeks ago against the Jaguars. And I said, maybe keep him on your bench this week against the bills because he faces the Texans the next week. So he opens up as a low end QB one here uh, for me this week. We'll have to see, they might trade away Devonte Parker. There, there could be some messy things going on. Or, or Tua Tungavailoa. Or, or Tua, yeah. Or Tua, or, or Will Fuller, uh, who yeah. oh, doesn't no, seem it, ready to play anytime soon. But He's they, not they, really they, a football player. He's just a guy who wears football <laughs> uniforms sometimes and then chills on the injured return. Yeah, yeah. So um, buy, low, buy high on Jalen Waddle. Like, uh, he could have a huge second half. Long story short. But yeah, if Tua doesn't get traded, he'll be a good play this week. Um, and then further down, I think Tyrod Taylor, I... I, I couldn't play him this week. I think he'll certainly raise the value of Brandon Cooks, potentially Nico Collins, but I'm not targeting him uh, with Tua and Taysom available. And then, yeah, it was it was fun to see Justin Fields finally break out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mainly due to his rushing ability, but again, um, I, I can't project him for anything more than 185 passing yards right now. Um, so he's he's pr- pretty limited in that aspect. So he's still a low end QB two for me. How about you? Yeah, I I don't mind like stashing him on the bench if you have space because if yeah. he's gonna run like if he's gonna run like this, which worked, then this, yeah. this it kind of changes everything because that's what we were looking for kind of from the start. Yes. you know, you kind of called it out that he might not run as much as a guy like Lance, but he should be running. Yes, as much. so <laughs> if he, he can't does, throw yet, <laughs> absolutely. If he does, then that changes everything. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's 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 Tua for me this week. Um, I, you know, Drew Brees said something on on the telecast. You know, he, you know, he's doing the NFL now. He said he just kind of assumed it was going to be Simeon. And, okay. you know, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know for sure about that, but I do know that when Taysom lost that quarterback job, he kind of went back to his, like, special teams role and everything. So this might be a situation where, you know, Simeon played well. They beat the Bucks. They might stick with him um, yeah. and keep Taysom in that, in that wide receiver, you know, tight end running back role. So that, that's something to monitor. But I, I don't mind the speculative ads of Taysom – fields uh even tyrod because anytime you can get a guy who's going to run uh you know that is that is what you want for upside but right now uh, i think tua just if you need that high floor starter for this week uh it's tua and either way he's going to be on one of the two teams that plays it's either going to be he's either going to be on miami or used so either way he's playing in this game he's (laughs) playing in this game (laughs) one way or another i I, I want him to play on the team he actually knows the playbook though (laughs) yeah um yeah but when it comes to Justin Fields, like uh, there's a chance the Bears could trade away Allen Robinson. Um, now, I think for Fields' development, they probably don't want to do that. But if if they were to trade away Allen Robinson, I mean that would that would hurt Fields big time, right? Well, no, he would lose like one passing yard. Like <laughs> <laughs> now, he would just add like five scrambles because no one would be open. He, so I, I'd actually right. approve of this 
trade. Like I, yeah. I want fields to just run every drop back. Like I want I, him to have designed runs and then scramble the rest of the time. That's it. I don't want him to. Total. I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right. Uh, quickly, let's go through some pass catchers and wide receiver. I think, uh, I mean, Hey, I, I'm adding Jamal Agnew. If I can, you know, 12 targets last week, six catches, 38 and a touch. Uh, six targets, five catches, 78 yards the week before seven targets, six catches, uh, 41 yards the week before. Um, I mean, at this point, we, he's, we just kind of got to add him and hope for the best. If you're in like a bye week crunch, right? Yeah. You got to be in a pretty big crunch, but I, you know, I've been, uh, keeping up with the Agnew slander up until about week five. And then I finally said, okay, yeah, we can probably count on, you know, four to five catches a week from this guy. So certainly in like PPR leagues, um, if you need, you know, bi-week help, you, you can't go wrong with Agner anymore. Yeah, but he's more productive than like <laughs> half the receivers in the more than half, like, more, Chenault, right? Pretty, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot well, of people over the past few weeks. I mean, seven, six, and 12 targets. We know Urban Meyer is a wild dude. So <laughs> it, it takes a wild dude to, you know, start a number 39 at wide receiver. But <laughs> here we are. I mean, Agnew, he earned it with all those all those returns for touchdowns. So, uh, I mean, he probably has. Yeah, so he finally. So Urban Meyer finally found his Percy Harvin role guy, right? There you the go. Back role. After ATN got hurt, Chenault just continues to face plant. Uh, yes. Elijah, <laughs> Elijah Moore has six plus targets in four of the last five games, but he only played 36% of the snaps last week with Corey Davis out. So this is one where it's like, I guess, do we trust the underlying metrics or do we expect the the snaps to kind of equal the, you know, the production going forward. Cause we know rookies tend to kind of break out a little more down the stretch. Uh, what do you do with Elijah Moore here? Yeah. I mean, I'm only holding on to him in deeper leagues, certainly dynasty formats. He's still a whole, I mean, he, he's one of the best rookie wide receivers in this class. I'm sticking to that. Um, so I'm not too concerned about the 35% routes run last week. We can't trust him in our starting lineups until he, you know, goes back over 60% routes run. And I wonder if last week, you know, they had Denzel Mims um, lead the team in routes running at 76%. I wonder if that was like an audition for the trade deadline or something. Um, so if they, if they were to trade away Mims and or Jamison Crowder, which I think is certainly possible, um, that's what's going to be nice to have Elijah Moore on your bench. Uh, but if they keep all these guys through the trade deadline, then I'm going to sour a bit on more because it, it's just too crowded. Uh, in the wide receiver room. And no, you mentioned Mike White earlier. No, I'm not buying in on Mike White after that 400 yard game. Um, you know, I'm still projecting this offense to average around 230 passing yards. So there's too many, there's too many targets to go around um, to really like Elijah Moore, unless two or three of these guys go down. Well, Denzel Mims left the game early with a finger injury. So that's not good. Uh oh, that's not him. good for his trade value. No, no, it's not. Uh, Van Jefferson, I mean, he has to be rostered everywhere if you, if you haven't yes. already. Uh, six plus targets in four of the last six games, 84%, 94% snaps the last two. And remember, Deshaun Jackson was, uh, you know, granted the ability to seek a trade there. They it, they made him inactive last week. So um, the last guy I wanted to ask you about, like with Cedric Wilson playing as well as he does, is, does that ruin like the Michael Gallup stash? Like, do we think that it's possible Gallup is not like that bona fide, like 90% snap player that he was uh, prior to the injury? No, I, I still think Gallup will be that 90% player. And I've always said, like, if if either Cooper, Lamb, or Gallup go down, Cedric Wilson has wide receiver three potential. So it has been crazy to see Wilson step up. I will say that Gallup's upside is limited due to the Dalton Schultz breakout, though. Um, so when, when Gallup is back in the lineup, I still think Dalton Schultz is going to be a factor in this offense. 
Um, so that's that's my concern when it comes to Gallup. But I think they'll still be giving Gallup 80% or plus uh, routes run once once he gets back to full health. Like when he returns this week, potentially he might be splitting time with Wilson. But in the long run, I think he will be an over 80% routes run kind of guy. Yeah, I don't, I'm I'm a little concerned. I think Wilson's the better player, or the better slot receiver. Oh, like, like I think yeah. Wilson. I mean, just like if you watch him, because he also returns kicks, so you just watch the way he kind of moves. Like I think Gallup was like gr- well suited for more of that outside deep, like deep role, but they kind of wanted to switch that up this year. So just because Wilson's yeah. playing so well, I think that you're going to see more times when Gallup comes off the field. Um, and like you said, Schultz is breaking out, so you, you're not going to go four wide, maybe quite as much as you would have if. All the all four of these guys were healthy before that, but I just think Wilson's earned his way into a little more playing time than I would like for Gallup for Gallup to be like a wide receiver. Three, gotcha. So basically, you can't really trust Wilson or Gallup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's kind of yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, I, I remember banging the table for Gallup heading into the season. I was getting Heat and Mike Williams a lot in that range. Uh, let's just say I've been pleased with Gallup, uh, but I've been pleased with Mike Williams. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm not too excited about Gallup. When he returns, but I I still have him on the bench or on the IR in a few. Um, because if if either Cooper or Lamb go down, I, I mean Gallup or Wilson and or Wilson will step up. So that's why I just like to have as many assets on a, a passing offense like the Cowboys as possible. So Gallup is still a bench hold for me for sure. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, start us off with your Prize Pick Elite Entry for this Monday Night Football matchup with the Giants and the Chiefs. Uh, so I'm going with Tiger Kill to go over half a rushing yard. Uh, this is a pretty straightforward prop. Uh, if he gets a design carry here, he will go over. Um, now, there's no guarantee he will see a rush attempt, but he has gone over this uh, 59% of the time dating back to last year. Um, this year, he has gone over five of seven games. Um, and I think with the, the Chiefs, you know, coming off an embarrassing loss, they're three and four. Um, they're not going to mess around here. So I think they will give Terry Kill at least one jet sweep. They, they kind of have to, to, to make uh, when he goes in motion, trick the defense. So I think we'll see that here. And I think you, you made some great points this week that, you know, Patrick Mahomes might be a little bit more conservative to, to avoid turnovers. So certainly just giving Tyree Kill the ball directly on a jet sweep is one way to do that. So I love the over a half rushing yard for Tyree Kill tonight. Yeah, that's always been a staple of their offense and something I think they get back to uh, heavily in this one. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get a few carries. Uh, for me, I'm going Miko Hardman over three and a half receptions. Uh, he went over this in only one of the first four games, but in each of the last three games. So he's been over in four of seven this season. And you mentioned it earlier, his average depth of target is decreasing. It's seven and a half this season. So uh, he doesn't need a ton of targets. Uh, to go over this number because he's getting high percentage targets. And in this spot, I do expect Mahomes to be more conservative, to take the check down, to take the underneath guy, route and put it in the hands of guys like Tyreek, like Hardman uh, underneath and let them work after the catch. Uh, I think that's a better way to play offense for the Chiefs, uh, given this high turnover rate that they've been kind of struggling through. So McCole Hardman over three and a half receptions. Uh, that's our elite entry uh, for prize picks for Monday Night Football. Sean's going with Tyreek Hill. Over a half a rushing yard, I'm going McCole Hardman over three and a half receptions. 
As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on the lines fast in order to lock in the best numbers. If you haven't created a prize pick account yet, check out the link in our episode description. They will match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right. Now back to the show. All right. Uh, and at a tight end, Dan Arnold, he needs to be rostered 4%. Yes. Um, seven. 7.7 targets, 4.5 catches, 47 yards uh, with the Jaguars in three games. So he's he definitely needs to be rostered. We don't even need to spend time with him. I just wanted to ask <laughs> you um, quickly about, you know, Friar Moose because Ebron was out, so Friar Moose saw an increase in production, but it started to be trending up even before, um, before that because Ebron was completely ineffective. I mean, maybe he's traded. Maybe he just realized he's he should retire, like uh, Vince, Vance McDonald. I don't know. I mean – do you do should we roster Friar Moose as kind of a speculative second half of the season guy, even if uh you know Ebron is going to come back? Yeah, absolutely. And in my tears, I've been banging the table for baby Gronk uh for a while now. And it was nice to see Ebron ruled out. We got to see Friar Moose step up. Uh, I think he was the number two tight end this week. Yeah, uh, it was a low scoring week for tight ends, but he was still the number two. Uh, and go watch that touchdown if you haven't seen him. This guy's a real deal, and I think. Uh, he, he's been under the radar because he's in the same draft class as Kyle Pitts. Uh, I mean, who in his own right is a generational talent may end up being the best tight end of all time, but Farmuth was drafted in the second round, any other draft class um, we'd be all over him. So he's, he's a sneaky ad and deeper leagues. You absolutely need to roster this guy. And yeah, I think the Steelers have to move on from Eric B. Brown. They have to find a way to get Farmuth, you know, over 60% routes run again, going forward, even once Ebron comes back. Um, and also, you know, Firemuth is benefiting from Juju Smith-Schuster being out. Um, you know, week six was the first game uh, with Juju out of the lineup, and he posted seven catches for 58 yards. Um, so I think there's still upside once Ebron comes back because of the hole vacated with uh, Juju out of the lineup. Yeah, I totally agree. And this guy's just one of their most talented pass catchers, and they are grasping for straws on offense. And they just came out of a bye. So with if Firemuth mm-hmm. was good going into the bye, he's good coming out of the bye. I think you add him. Uh, and then Foster Moreau, I think he'll still be like a low end tight end one. If Waller misses again, we don't really know his status um, at this point, but uh, he was kind of a, a late scratch uh, a couple of weeks ago. So they're coming up the bye now, but uh, that's going to wrap it up for our week nine fantasy flex waivers podcast presented by prize picks. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets and track yours free. Also, be sure to check out fantasylabs.com for our DFS models, tools, and content and actionnetwork.com for our fantasy football projections and rankings. Until next time, let's get this money.